All right, we are live. Episode zero, the prologue, the first introduction to business and buckets. Can't believe how excited I am to be here. This is actually my second take because the first time around, I tried doing everything with a kind of shitty portable camera. Ended up not working, had some video editing issues. I'm telling you what, man, I've been out of journalism and video and editing since college. So 2014, it's been six years. And boy, has things changed. It's uh, actually quite a bit of work. So take two, got a Sony A64 camera, you know, investing back in the pod for you guys. Camera's like 1700 bucks with the warranty. So, you know, upwards uh, four to $5,000 to spend to get this bad boy up and running. But I'm super excited uh, to be able to relay the message of business and buckets out in the pod universe. Uh, we got the video. We'll have the audio. Um... Yeah, just super excited that you guys could tune in. If you are watching this, uh, episode zero of the podcast, uh, the prologue is just all about what I'm about, what Business and Bucket's about, why I'm doing this, and why you should listen. So uh, business, we'll start with that. I really want to be able to give back to other individuals. I think the podcasting network in general is just a really cool thing because, you know, when I grew up, and I'll get, get into my story here in a minute, but... Where I grew up and where I came from, there's just not a lot of positive influences and people to tell you how to do things, how to live your life besides the few people that you're surrounded with. So uh, on the business side, I'm going to take uh, some knowledge from some entrepreneurs, some successful people in business that have the experience that can relay the message, tell their story, what they've went through, some of the challenges, you know, when they've had their back against the wall and really be able to relay that message and I have some CEOs from some local companies out here. I'll probably start with some local companies to start because I don't want to have to do the Skype um, interviews. It's cool to record those and you love technology, but I feel like I can get a lot pers- more personal interview and let them you know, really talk to me a little bit about some personal stuff and relay that message to you guys in person. And it's just a better experience all around. And then Buckets, I have a sports acumen. I used to be a sports reporter. I mean, grew up just living and dying sports way back in the day. Not sure how I really got into it. I was raised by a single mother. My grandma helped raise me. Had a couple uncles, but none of them were big sports nerds. I think just being an only child and trying to fit in, find my niche, and see how I can connect with other people's, because I'm a high-energy, extroverted individual, was sports. Uh, It was a common platform that we had, so if I was watching the games, if I knew what was going on, um, I had a competitiveness behind me, so that w- made sports interesting. But I could fit in with my friends and, and other family members when we all have the same common platform, and that is sports. You know, I grew up with no internet. Um, you didn't have a smartphone that you can just look and spend your time and waste away. So growing up in a, you know, 20 below zero winters in Wyoming with snow, it was easy just to watch TV. Uh, the sports. The football games are on local television. I only had an antenna uh, with like three channels. Technically two, Fox would always come in gray. And if someone walked across the front room, it would go in and out. But it was a common platform. I could sit home, watch the game, talk to my friends about it the next day at school. You know, as I've grown and developed, I've just been super analytical with sports. I'm the type of guy that if I'm watching baseball, basketball, or football, typically those main sports, college as well, Um, At the end of the games, I'm looking at the stats, you know, how many hits, uh, how many baskets did they make, what was their three-point percentage, the tell of the tape, 
because you can't watch every single game. You know, now I have Red Zone. I'm on my computer watching fantasy. I'm watching the Steelers game. I'm a Steelers fan. Um, able to do that, but um, sometimes when you can't see all the games, it's it, the stats. I feel like tell an awesome story. So um, definitely a stats guy. Grew up wanting to um, be on an anchor on like ESPN doing Sports Center. Uh, that's why I majored in broadcast journalism and uh, became a sports reporter after college. But um, that's kind of my sports background, why I'm super into it and super excited to bring my knowledge, uh, how I digest sports and what's happening today. Because we have such big platforms like ESPN, Fox Sports, that you're listening to the same people and it's kind of just like politics and sports. It's not really a deep dive into sports. It's just the main things that you would see on like an MSN headline or Yahoo Sports headline. And I want to be able to dive deeper into sports. Uh, one of my favorite platforms for sports right now is the Athletic and the Players Tribune, which has different angles. The players get to speak more freely, and the Athletic's just a bunch of beat writers. So they're you know they've been working with one team for years and years and years and can dive deep into that. But for me, um, you know, I want to be able to be able to dive deep when my viewers request things. Uh, be able to just um, talk a little bit different headlines and what's going on. So uh, schedule-wise, I'm going to be putting out a sports episode once I go live every single week. Uh, most likely record the show on Tuesday night and then uh, post it up on Wednesday so we could talk about the weekend and sports and what's happening and just do that recap. You know, Obviously, I wish I could do this every day and do it more, uh, but I don't get paid doing this podcast. Uh, this is just a hobby of mine. I'm super excited. You know, Maybe it'll grow into something that's cool, but I do work a full-time job. So uh, do one of those a week, and then on the business episodes, at least once a month, hopefully more, depending on how much content I have, uh, where we have the guests with those people. I'm not going to sit here and lecture you guys on business. You know, I've been in sales, have some entrepreneurship and managerial experience, but I don't have enough experience and, and detail to relate to you guys. It's that interesting. I mean, it is interesting, but uh, <laughs> I will have my guests really dive in and be able to talk their story and... and uh, really just try to help everyone personally and professionally. I know for me, that's a big thing that I really take seriously, continually growing personally, and professionally, and podcast is just a great platform to be able to give back. And that's why I'm here. So excited to be able to dive further into that with you guys. And, you know, it's 2020, almost 2021. We're living in a pandemic. I wish I could have done this five, you know, six years ago out of college when I really wanted to. Uh, but I didn't have the freedom in my schedule, the flexibility and the finances to fund that. Like I said, I spent my own personal money on this. So uh, it's not like uh, I was able to do it years ago. I mean, sure, I could have probably half-assed it. You see, you know, like I said, everyone and their mother has a podcast. People are doing phone podcasts, doing the Skype interviews. But I wanted to make sure I was starting on, on a good platform, doing this the real deal for you guys. Have a website to post my videos, YouTube channel, social medias. You guys can kind of follow me behind the scenes and and how I'm living my life uh, here in Seattle and the things that I do with the connections that I make. So um, would love to dive in and just talk to you guys a little bit about my background, where I'm coming from, where this uh, pursuit of being on a podcast and hosting one myself has come from, you know, a little bit about the sports acumen that I've went through through school and uh, since I've graduated college. But um, before I go through kind of the chronological journey of Shane Gillette's life, I would like to just uh, talk to you guys a little bit about, you know, why I think that I'm definitely worth listening to and what I could bring provide to the table. 
I, you know, everyone talks about what you're grown into, what your strengths and weaknesses are. And I feel like everyone has some sort of skill set, whether they really, you know, take that on and prove that skill set and make it very beneficial to their, their human life, personal life. And you look at some of the people that are getting paid the most money that are the most well-known, you know, I think of the rock is a big one. I think of Kevin Hart, uh, you just see those guys everywhere. And a lot of people, you know, even Joe Rogan, who's one of the bigger podcasting guys, really just get paid a ton of money to talk. You know, whether they're comedians, whether they're actors. I mean, The Rock started with sports, but even WWE, that's, you know, you're talking and selling yourself a lot. Um, so I just know that growing up, if I were to put myself in a position or label a skill that I have that I'm really confident in, and that's just, you know, talking and uh, influencing and having that energy. Uh, one of the mentors that I had growing up, or when one of, in my one of my first sales jobs here in Seattle, talked about people that are the sun. So today in Seattle, it's cloudy. It's about to be cloudy probably till May or June. Uh, we get like six months of cloud here. Uh, it doesn't rain all the time. People think it, it rains in Seattle. It's more sprinkling. But dealing with the overcast all the time, um, you know, two, three weeks of straight clouds. Once the sun comes out, it feels like I just pounded a, a Red Bull, have all this energy, and I just want to go out and talk to people, do things, see, you know, uh, what's going on, go for a run, go for a drive, whatever. And that's what I mean by people are the sun. They, they attract people. Everyone wants to take off that aura, take off that energy. You know, the Kevin Hart's, the Rock's, those types of individuals definitely have that aura. And I feel like, you know, I'm not Kevin Hart, I'm not The Rock, but I definitely have a skill set in speaking, have that aura of bringing people together and just having a good time. So want to use this skill set that I have. You know, I grew up doing uh, sales jobs, business jobs, sports, a lot of talking and um, going to be doing a lot of talking for you guys. You know, the business episodes could range anywhere from an hour to three hours, how good the interviews are, how good my um, guests are being. And then the sports episodes, same thing. Um, you know, it's a week. So depending on how, how much is going on in sports can relay that message to you guys. But um, yeah, this is a platform that I'm super excited about, you know, put my word out there and, and really kick things off. So a um, little bit about myself. I grew up in the middle of nowhere, Wyoming. And when I mean middle of nowhere, legit middle of nowhere, uh, it was an hour away from any, what I called a city growing up, but really a town, you know, they're probably like tens of thousands, maybe up to a hundred to thousands of people. And where I grew up was 1400 people. So I remember growing up when we go grocery shopping that we would actually have to drive an hour, hour and a half to a place. And we'd go grocery shopping for a month because we only had a little like town grocery store and they didn't have a lot of supplies and everything was a little overpriced because I knew this was the only option in town. And the other place that we could go, the city, was Jackson Hole, Wyoming. Beautiful place. You know, I grew up in the mountains, had the Wind River Range. The Tetons are one of my favorite. You can see I got a, a wallpaper on the background of the mountain and uh, part of my logo of business and buckets is a mountain silhouette. You know, I, I love the mountains, but Jackson's a, a big tourist town. People love it as much as I do. And it's pretty overly expensive. And I grew up with a family that didn't have a lot of income. So we would go to Rock Springs, which was an hour and a half away, to go do all of our shopping, school shopping, things of that nature. And growing up in Wyoming, you really just kind of saw a different lifestyle than the life I live today and that I've seen or that you see on TV. 
there are some shows now that you see some small town life, but it's usually pretty dull and just to the point because there's not a lot going on. Um, the, the, the most thing going on is just outdoor activities. But during the winter with how cold it is and how much snow, um, you know, it's pitch black at 4 p.m. There's just not a lot you can do. I was a big snowboarder, um, you know, try to do as much outdoors as I could. But just the lifestyle there is a pretty, you know, relaxing, easygoing. Um, uh, you know, in the city, everyone's got things to do. They're rushing one place to another. They can go out for happy hours, go out for dinners. In the small town, we had like two restaurants, three bars, you know. There just wasn't a, a ton to do. And growing up, you know, I only had a few influences. Typically, your family was a big influence because you're with your family all the time. Being an only child with a single mother, I was pretty close with my cousins, my aunts and my uncles, um, uh, my, my grandma. But, you know, I didn't have a lot of people that as I grew up would help me like, hey, Shane, you know, if you want to live a certain lifestyle, this is what you need to be doing. Here's some suggestions as you grow up. I just kind of was like a free bird and just was able to do whatever I wanted. If I wanted to get in trouble, I could, if I didn't, I didn't want to, or I, I wouldn't. And, you know, growing up watching my mom, who I was around the most, cause my dad really wasn't in my life. Um, she, you know, chose to live a lifestyle that I knew at a young age that I didn't really want to live. And I would see her live and do things and just know that, okay, I'm watching her live and do these things. I want to make sure that if, you know, I want to live a different lifestyle and not live in this tiny little apartment in the middle of Wyoming. I need to find a, a different way of doing things. And, you know, I was super young. I didn't leave Wyoming until like seventh grade. Um, but I kind of found myself surrounded by a lot of families. I was that extrovert child. I was had a lot of best friends and those uh, best friends, families kind of adopted me uh, to be, you know, like the stepbrother type thing. Um, and a lot of those families were entrepreneurs, you know, running their own construction companies or something of that nature and, um, saw that they, you know, had nice houses and they got to go on family vacations and do different things. And I kind of got sucked into that aura and energy and always wanted to be a part of it because, um, you know, I got to do things with my aunts, my uncles, my grandma and my mom, but, you know, very limited, especially with my mom, uh, when we lived by ourselves. So, being with these people uh, really showed me a different light, limelight. At the time, though, I think I wasn't, you know, I wasn't as conscious of this because this is all I've ever seen. But I just knew I loved hanging out with my friends more than I did at staying at home. And I always wanted to be involved with what they were doing. So fast forward, going into um, junior high. Well, in Wyoming, sixth grade is junior high. In Montana, where I moved, Arlie, Montana, seventh grade was junior high. Um but going into junior high in Montana, the communities and places that I lived were quite different. So in Wyoming, there was a big oil boom. Uh, quite a bit of money started coming in as I was about to leave. Uh, they got like a turf football field. They got a practice football field and a bunch of nice things. And that was just kind of the lifestyle I was accustomed to being a part of. And moving to Montana, we lived on an Indian reservation. And if you've never been to one of those, it's a little bit different lifestyle. I remember pulling up to my first day of school in seventh grade and uh, started bawling my eyes out in front of my mom because our school looked like a shop, like a warehouse. Um, ended up, you know, doing really well. First day of school, walking in the door, these two uh, girls um, introduced themselves to me and were super friendly. You know, lots of friendly people, but it was just like, where the heck am I? 
Um, this is just, you know, a different, definite culture shock and was the first time I moved uh, to a different place like that. So uh, in junior high and in our Lee, though, I had connected myself with some people that I just had that sun aura with, right, that I really felt like were good individuals, had good hearts, and really just wanted to live an awesome life. So as I became good friends with them, same thing as Wyoming, had like four or five friends that I was really close with. And same thing that was most common was their families uh, had more of an entrepreneurship background and um, really strove to provide a, a good life for their family. And I was super into that and got to see those lifestyles. And I think that helped me kind of frame my mindset going out of high school because you know, in the society when I was in high school, it's like, if you don't go college and get a college degree, like you're probably not going to make much money. You're not going to be successful. So going into high school, once you're starting to think, what am I going to do with my life? Do I want to go to college? Like, you know, what would I do with a degree? What kind of degree do I want to get? I just knew that I wanted to be put myself in position to live a certain lifestyle. Um, and, you know, the lifestyles that I grew up with definitely weren't that. So I figured I had to do something different. And these families provided that insight to me, uh, for me. And looking through that, it was very interesting because, I mean, I had no idea what I wanted to do. Um, I wanted to be successful, so I thought I wanted to be a football coach and a teacher because I love I loved football. It was my favorite sport. I was pretty good at it and just had a common, like a strong mindset of the game. I always felt like I knew what plays were happening and, and what things wanted to, what teams were wanting to do on the field. And... You know, I thought I might want to be a landscape architect because that seemed cool at the time. I, I had a, a friend whose dad was a landscape architect um, building things. And I think it was my junior year, we were in a class and they were kind of prepping us for, you know, what do you want to do after high school? Do you want to go to school? What kind of degrees do you want to go? Pushing the envelope that you should go to school. And I remember speaking with my match, math teacher, who was actually one of our football coaches at the time, and he had recommended that I uh, get into sports as a career. And I was like, well, if I'm not a professional athlete, how do I, you know, go to college for sports? What are my options? And we had found out that obviously, um, you know, being in uh, in sports that you can be like a broadcast journalism major, you could be a reporter, you could be, you know, print media, you could just do media, social media at the time um, was was becoming a, a big option. It's like media arts. And I was like, wow, that's awesome. So shout out Cole Maxwell, math teacher, uh, football coach at the time, really did influence my life to put me in sports. And here I am talking about sports on the platform of Business and Buckets. So a uh, major shout out to Cole Maxwell. But anyways, um, for some reason, just went all my eggs in one basket with sports uh, journalism. I was like, heck yeah, that's awesome. Like, you know, sure, I'll be working on weekends, but I'll be working at a football stadium or somewhere that I'd want to be anyways. And I always just had a big passion of going to different stadiums and seeing different games. You know, growing up in Wyoming, there was no professional teams. Um, there wasn't even like semi-pro teams or anything and never really got to go into big stadiums until later on. And I'll kind of get there. But, um, you know, super cool opportunity um, in Montana. I, I basically just went to school and try to get as good of grades as possible to prep for college so I can get this journalism degree. I worked in the summers, um, 
you know, lots of manual labor is just what I could do, getting paid pretty decent money for where I was at because everything's such low cost and um, getting paid under the table, which was cool. So, you know, I was working hard in the summers, really working at school, uh, trying to be involved as many clubs and sports that I could, just always wanted to stay busy. And again, in those small towns and the lifestyle that, that I lived, there's just not as much to do. The small town in Montana that I lived was closer to other cities or bigger populations in Wyoming. So I wasn't quite as, you know, desolate, I guess you could say. But um, through those jobs, I always knew that if I wanted to buy cool shoes or Nikes or have things, I had to work for myself. My mom couldn't afford paying those uh, for me, you know, to get the nice school clothes or the nice shoes or, or do those types of things. So I had to work for a living, which eliminated some sports options for me, you know, like baseball after junior year in high school. If you want to play baseball, you got to pay for it. It takes your whole summer. So it's like, well, how can I play baseball if I don't have money to pay for it and I have to work to make some money? So, um, you know, really kind of, you know, was bummed out after high school sports were kind of done. You know, I didn't have anyone tell, tell me that. So if you are in high school listening to this, enjoy every second you are in sports. And if you like them, take it seriously, ask for advice, you know, put yourself in a position to be successful because college sports is a good option, whether you want to go pro or not, it could provide funding for school with a scholarship and just, you know, cool connections, uh, and people that, you know, you might be best friends with for the rest of your life. So, um, going through high school and getting ready for college, I had wanting had an idea of going to a different school outside of Montana. Reason being, I wanted to just try to live a different lifestyle. You know, people that are small town really don't get out of the small town. If you've ever lived in one, it's just like the same family have kids, their kids have kids and they never get out. I think it's kind of scary just to go out and live another lifestyle. It's not like people don't go out and travel. You know, we all go and travel big cities. I, I can tell you when I travel, uh, to places like New York and LA. I love it. It's fun. But after four or five days, I'm like, all right, give me the heck out of here. And I'm sure that they could relate to that. They just like, you know, the more chill, common lifestyle. And um, I realized that I should just go to the University of Montana. You know, I have a top 10 journalism school in the backyard. And to be honest, like I got my whole first year paid for due to scholarships. Living on an Indian reservation, I graduated third in my class. You know, my class was a whopping 22 people, the hundred like probably 20 people in the whole school. Um, so, you know, not huge metrics. I think I had like a 385 or something, but um, was able to get scholarships and it helped me pay for my first year there so I don't have massive student loans. So it just made too much sense. So, you know, going to the University of Montana, same thing. I knew that, you know, working f or going to school full-time was fine and dandy, but I needed to have a job if I wanted to have any kind of money. I didn't want to take out a ton of loans if I didn't have to. You know, I ended up, having fun living the college lifestyle, which I don't regret, but took out some loans uh, while doing that as well. But I worked on campus jobs. I got a cool job my sophomore year working in the equipment room, which, you know, the University of Montana has some really good sports foundations. So being around the athletes in college and seeing what that lifestyle was like, being friends with them was a really cool opportunity. And um, I knew that Doing that, seeing the back end of that, I really wanted to pursue, uh, you know, an opportunity in being a sports journalist and, you know, whatever would provide me the opportunity to work on a platform like ESPN or, you know, Fox Sports or CBS, I wanted to put myself in a position to do so. Or Sports Illustrated. I know at the time Sports Illustrated was awesome. Sports Illustrated Magazine was one of the coolest things. I don't even know what Sports Illustrated is doing anymore besides Peter King's column. You know, I 
Peter King's a huge influence to me in my sports opinions, and I think he does awesome work, but I, I, I don't think they're really relevant anymore. Anyways, um, through college, wanted to really drill into sports, so I tried to get as involved as I could. I did an internship with this company called Grizz Vision, which did the recordings. I got to work the replay, do the cameras, do some play-by-play for all the sports events, volleyball, soccer, basketball, football, and that was cool. Um, I did get paid for it, so a lot of people had to do unpaid internships, and I, I got lucky not having to do that, but I knew that the first kind of step to you know major sports broadcasting was working at the TV station, and um, there's three local TV stations in, in the town that I went to college in. And a lot of them wanted to have unpaid interns our senior year that potentially could lead to a job, um, after school. And for me, you know, I'd already worked for Grizz Vision. I already had some experience there. I wanted to be able to have, uh, a part-time job my, my senior year so that I didn't have to, you know, work and have unpaid internship because I needed to have the money. And then I wanted to be able to be in a position to make potentially more money or have promotions um, when I graduated. Because outside of, um, you know, the part-time jobs um, that I did in sports, I actually had worked for a company called Student Painters, which is like College Pro, if you've heard of it. Uh, It was summer work uh, that I did outside of school because I wanted to make more money. And I was living, you know, pretty broke, (laughs) you know, life as a college kid eating ramen and things of that nature. I think my rent was like $375 or $400, like stupid low, three bedroom. It was awesome. But I had worked at Student Painters. It was a cool thing. It's my first introduction to entrepreneurship basically was walking to the cafeteria one day and and some guy handed me a a flyer and I said, you want to make $10,000 this summer? And I was like, heck yeah, $10,000. Like that's an, that's a ton of money. Like I'll do whatever I can to make that kind of money. I don't think I had ever made that much money in my life, uh, you know, in in just a couple months. So I went and heard their spill and basically just kind of got stuck in there and, you know, I wanted to make money. So I was willing to do whatever it takes. And they teach you how to run your own painting business as a student. I was literally going door to door, asking people for paint jobs, setting flyers and like, Hey, we'll do free estimates. Uh, it was pretty inexpensive compared to like a professional painter, I guess you could say. Uh, but I got to learn how to hire my own painting crew, how to conduct a professional interview. I got to learn how to, you know, quickly be able to estimate how much the cost would be for a house, how to raise the profits if I wanted to, and then t- uh, teach other people how to paint. And then the second year, I was able to have a crew that was ready to do everything. And I kind of just went and did some sales, um, get the paint jobs while they, they would handle the paint job, which was a cool experience. And that was my first entrepreneurship experience. But it was really hard work and nothing that I really wanted to do. So in my senior year, I knew I wanted to be a sports broadcast person. And KECI, the NBC affiliate in Montana, had come in for the internship fair. And again, we're asking for unpaid interns. And I had... I don't know, through college, I feel like I had matured and built this confidence within me. I think when your back's against the wall and it's like, I have to figure things out, like no one, you know, I'm really just figuring things out myself. I would ask upper level students what classes they were going to, you know, what's good and bad and ask them from their experiences to see which classes to take. You know, I nailed college. If I were to go back to it, I don't think I would really change anything. It was an awesome experience, but I never had the right person to tell me, you know, how to do things or what to do. And I had just, I think that, once you're kind of just thrown in the ocean, you're either going to sink or swim. And I felt like the biggest thing that I had grown was confidence because I wasn't that confident in high school. I was, 
you know, not really matured yet and just really had a lot of self-doubt. And this confidence had really just told me like, hey, man, I'm going to go into this unpaid internship and I'm going to tell the guy that I want a job. I already have the experience and we'll see what happens. And I did just that. I was like, hey, you know, I'm not looking for an unpaid internship. I have this experience. I want to have a part-time job and then I could work with you after school. And the next day he told me that I was in. So that was a really cool experience. And I got to work for the news station while doing, you know, upper divisions classes, finishing out my all, all my credits to graduate, which was very challenging. I don't think I had a social life uh, very much my junior and senior year. And that put me in a position to be successful because college is very expensive and I didn't want to give them any more dollars than I had to. So that's why I was so dead set on graduating in four years. Now, working at the news station, though, I did learn I did learn a lot from that. Uh, it taught me a lot of what the industry looks like. Um, you know, I'm a very curious person, and the only way to know something is ask, you know, people who have been through that and experienced it. So even the small town news station that I worked at, I would say, you know, maybe 10 to 15% of the workers there were people that were kind of like me, went in after college, probably did unpaid internships and just were building their resume, building their experience so they could go do something else. Uh, cause you didn't get paid very well. I started at minimum wage, which in Montana was like eight something. And, um, when talking to these individuals and seeing their lifestyles, it was like, just give me a lot of red flags and then it feel right. You know, the people that were quote unquote successful there and were making good money were quite older and I realized that it was a very seniority-based business. And, you know, as I was applying to other places and just looking at the experience levels and the trajectory of individuals that were doing really well that I would compare myself to, um, you know, a lot of them just, I felt like kind of got shafted or got put through the ringer or, you know, just had to work somewhere for a long time getting paid little money to go anywhere. And that, that to me, that was just like, do I really want to put myself through this? Um you know, they were paying me part or minimum wage, but they told me that they'd pay me full time because I was working, you know, 50, 60 hours a week, but they were only paying for me for like 25, 30 hours because that's all they could afford. So technically I was working 30 hours and volunteering the rest because I wanted to show them I was a go-getter. I wanted to do the stories and be involved, but I was like, man, like, yeah, being a reporter is cool. And like, yeah, going to the Grizz game is cool, but I just worked a 16 hour day and I got paid nothing for it. Now I'm dead tired and I need to go to sleep because I got to work the next day. You know, I was working holidays. It was just like kind of frustrating. So come graduation, I was a little stuck of like, man, like, do I keep putting my time in here and try to build in my experience to go out or, you know, what do I do? And I was really close with my cousins. They're my second cousins. They're a Filipino family. But again, being an only child, I was super close with them growing up. And they had lived here in Seattle. And I had visited to come watch the Angels uh, Mariners games a couple times. I'm an Angels fan. And really was like, man, I should just go to Seattle. It's eight hours away. It's not that far. And, you know, there's way more jobs there. There's way more opportunity, way more money. And when working with Grizz Vision and some other sports jobs in college, I had worked for sports part-time and they had an office here in Seattle. So I said, screw it. I had $1,000 to my name. I packed up the car and drove out to Seattle and um, kind of made it work. It was a challenging experience, but I think that really helped me mature and grow as well. Uh, but Root Sports didn't really work out. 
same thing as KCI. They had promised me a full-time job and it never went there. And the expenses here aren't cheap like Montana. Uh, rents are very expensive. Anything's expensive, really. I mean, you go out and have a dinner, you're spending like 60, 70 bucks. 60, 70 bucks in Montana could give me like a week's worth of stuff. Um, so that wasn't going to cut it. I was like, well, my thousand bucks will be gone in no time if I don't have a job. So, you know, a full-time job. So started applying and looking online and, you know, being a fresh graduate with only sports background, I'm not going to get a job at, you know, the big news stations here or, uh, with the sports team because those were already filled. So I was like, man, I don't know. I saw a flyer or an online ad probably through like ZipRecruiter or something that said, Hey, if you have sports experience background and, and, you know, the work ethic determination that's comparable to sports, uh, come check us out. We're a, a marketing company, la da la da la da. You know, they said they were a marketing company, definitely not a marketing company. It was just straight sales. And I had gone through that experience with student painters, which was fine, you know, but it's hard work going door to door in the snow and doing those things that I did with the painting company uh, wasn't as, you know, all that glorious. So, you know, here I was selling internet, CenturyLink, uh, phone, internet, TV, and it was okay, you know, but I had fell in love with the culture. So what they had talked about with the sports culture, I feel like business, entrepreneurship, sales, and sports do have a lot of commonalities. And I was super excited about that and had built really good friendships and had mentors, you know, people that have been through sales and entrepreneurship and were giving me advice, pointing me in the right direction. And you could tell just had good heads on their shoulders and came from good backgrounds themselves. It was like, man, you know, I didn't have a network of people like this back home. Like, this is super cool. And you know, I just learned a lot of good advice. Things like you're the sum of the 10 people you surround yourself with, you know, little things like that that really hit home. It's like, if you want to be successful and you're hanging out with nine people that aren't successful or, you know, going and, you know, just being bums, like you're probably going to be a bum just hanging out with them as well. So being with these people that were all motivated all the time, working hard all the time, it just built my energy, built my confidence, got me excited to be where I'm at. And I worked with them for couple years, got into management where I got to manage a team, help them sell uh, the product that I was working with, uh, you know, doing business to business sales, helping that team so I could uh, run an office and, and, and uh, of people doing the sales as well. And it was just like really cool experience conducting professional interviews. I had done hundreds of uh, professional interviews. Uh, I got to travel a lot. They put me to places, you know, I traveled a little bit as a kid, but I got to go to Austin, Texas, Dallas, Nashville. I got to go to New Jersey, New York. We partied on a yacht, you know, out by the Statue of Liberty, just doing crazy things that I never thought was possible. So that obviously uh, was a cool experience and, you know, was a big reason why I worked there for quite a while. Um, but after that, I wanted to set myself up with more of a, a bigger opportunity, uh, an opportunity that I could use those skills and the, you know, five years that I worked there and relate that into something else that paid a little better. I was working, I don't even know how many hours a day, but I was working six days a week, probably 12, 14 hour days, maybe 16 sometimes. So like I lived in Seattle, but I didn't get to see things. I never got to see the San Juan islands. I never even had been to Yakima or, um, you know, to, uh, Leavenworth or all the cool things that are out here. And I had lived here for a long time. I had lived in Renton, which is kind of far out of the city. Um, and, and then I have a lot of money to go into the town and party. It's just way too expensive. 
Um, so I wanted to have a job that, you know, is a little bit more, uh, financial rewarding and put me in a position to, you know, learn more experiences because I felt like I had tapped out at the other company and working with the, or interviewing, I had found a, um, a startup in the real estate world, which I don't know, once I moved to Seattle, it seemed like everything started booming. Amazon and Microsoft were blowing up and software sales and tech sales is just uh, blown up. And I feel like I kind of got on the train and, the train has so much momentum. I'm just riding with it. But um, the real estate um, startup was really cool. Real estate's booming in Seattle. And we're basically helping real estate agents get seller leads. Um, there's like the Zillows and um, I don't know, a bunch of companies that are out there that are like lead providers for them. And a lot of it was for buyer leads. And we wanted to help them with seller leads, which was really cool. Probably one of the harder sales that I've ever had, uh, but was great experience. I got to help you know, interview and start building their sales team as well. Uh, the company ended up selling uh, or going out of business one or the other didn't really work, work out too well. I think I had worked there for two years, uh, but that was awesome experience and was a great resume builder working at a startup. Those of you who worked at startups, I'm, I'm sure you could totally relate. And then from that was able to use my connections that I built here. Cause just like Wyoming and Montana, I had created good friendships and networked really well and, was put in a position that when I needed to find a job, um, one of the guys that I worked with in the real estate company had hired on and he was leaving as well. And he's like, Hey man, there's, you know, this company smart sheet that's in Bellevue. Uh, one of the kids that I grew up with that lived on my cul-de-sac is, uh, you know, one of the top performers there. He's now a manager there. I could refer you because in these, you know, SAS companies, referrals are very big, uh, just builds more confidence in the recruiting team. Um, the recruiting process is just kind of messed up and not set up for success. In my opinion, you know, it's an algorithm based that they need to scan the resume and see certain things. So they even have the recruiter look at it. Cause there's so many people in the pool and the referral got me in, you know, I was confident in my ability. I've conducted a ton of interviews. It's like, if I can get an interview with any company, I feel like I could get the job. So that referral landed me the job. I've worked there now for almost two years. Um, I think, yeah, January will be two years. You know, I'm a top performer there now looking to get into management, been a top performer in sales everywhere I go. Uh, some of that confidence and skill set, you know, speaking of skills that I'm talking about. Um, but that's kind of how I've gotten here uh, today. And being at Smartsheet, you know, making decent money uh, in the, the city of Seattle, giving me more flexibility and um, ability to fund this platform that, that I've uh, desired for quite some time. And Super excited to be here. It's almost a dream come true and a lot more work to come, but a few shout outs I want to give along the way, you know, shout outs to my family for believing in me, my, my close friends and, and all those people I talked to that I networked with. I don't think without them, I want to be here. And thanks for the people that are helping me with this podcast. I have uh, my buddy, uh, a couple brothers, the Leffler brothers that are help helping me with my website, helping me with some social media stuff. They actually designed this awesome logo for me killed it. I literally told them, you know, my, my company or the podcast name and that I wanted a mountain silhouette. Cause that's kind of how I'm branding the podcast with all the mountains. They'd put this little microphone as the eye and the, the net on the, on this, uh, you as a bucket, which is really cool. Um, so th they, they've crushed everything that they've done with me and I'm sure I'll be asking them for more help in the future. But again, thanks to those guys. 
And thanks to my best friend, Dakota. Uh, he uh, runs his own construction company, Hammer Strength Construction. So if you need any construction done, uh, you know he builds homes, do, does it all. He helped build this table for me. Uh, make sure to give him a shout out. I'll post his stuff on my Facebook and social medias. You know, he is based out of Montana. So if you're not in Montana, probably won't be able to help, but uh, help make this table for me. Same thing. I told him, you know, I wanted the burnt wood rustic look. I uh, wanted to have my logo on it. And he basically came up with the vision and here we go. You know, I have this sweet, sweet table and always make sure that the camera angle for this uh, shot has the logo in it and the name because I think it's awesome. He killed it. So again, thanks to Dakota. And thanks for you guys for tuning in. You know, I'm obviously this is my my first uh, episode. Always looking to continually improve myself. I've learned a lot just trying to get this set up. Like I said, I had to do a, a first take initially. Um, being six seven years out of the whole filming industry, getting the lighting set up, editing the video, I just realized how long it is. You know how much work it takes. I'm shooting in 4K right now, which is cool. But man, it takes forever for me to upload. I don't have the best internet need a hard, hard wired in. Uh, it's just, it's just a lot that goes into it. So, um, you know, if you guys are looking to start your podcast one day, just know that it's, it's not as easy as it might look. There is some work that goes into it. And hopefully one day as I develop this platform and, you know, the business side, we're giving back, we're helping each other grow personally, professionally, I could help maybe, you know, help other people set up their podcast. Um, everyone's doing podcasting now. There's a lot of different networks out there. Everyone has their own platform. And I think we should all give back how we're being successful. You know, there's no secret to success. If, you know, it's almost like income. Everyone's like, I don't want to tell people how much I make or, you know, how I got here. It's like, why? There's so much opportunity for everyone. You know, I am upset that I didn't do podcasts a long time. I could only imagine where I would be if I was doing this five years ago. But I also know that there's enough room for everyone. There's millions of people. Everyone has different ideas. You know, I've, I listen to a few podcasts. I don't, I'm not, you know, I don't listen to a ton, but someone probably does something similar to this, right? Everyone has different insight, but again, my goal, have a sports show that has different angles, really deep diving, a lot of engagement with my listeners, and then a business side where we could take stories of successful people. We could all learn from that. You know, the little Shane from middle of nowhere, Wyoming needed those influences and, and try to find those influences and, uh, you know, people that you connect and vibe with. And I want to bring those people on here, give back to you guys as listeners, you know, maybe I influence one person. I have the biggest fan. That's a win for me. And I'm excited to see where this goes. Once I get going, I'll have, again, all my social media platforms, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, YouTube. I'll share my story. I'll be sharing what I'm doing outside of the, the podcasting realm, um, you know, editing some cool videos. I have a bunch of summer footage uh, from some of the rides that I went on and the hikes, and I'll throw that together as a little preview. But um, I'm just super excited to be here, super excited to provide the opportunity to give back and help everyone grow professionally. So stay tuned. We'll have more coming. And I'll, I'll make sure to post everything. So feel free to uh, spread the word. If you guys have any feedback on how I can improve too, I'm always open to feedback. You know, let's all grow and improve together. And um, if you have anyone that would be a great interview for the business side, please let me know. You know, I have connections, but I don't have unlimited connections. So the more people, the merrier. One connection can open uh, multiple doors for someone else. So uh, again, thank you and stay tuned, guys. Super excited. So have a good one.